Welcome to the show, WSJU Radio, St. John's University, Mad Max on the airwaves here with the one and only John Minko. Once again, how are you doing? Everything is good. It's uh, my philosophy uh, on things are pretty simple. If it's not snowing, it's a good day. Yes, that's exactly right. How are you enjoying retirement? Well, it, it has its moments. It, it takes some uh, getting used to. And, um, you know, it, it, you know, putting your feet up and relaxing, you know, exercising a little bit more and, uh, you know, a little bit uh, more difficult when the, uh, the the weather is not good. But, you know, I'm, it, but, you know, St. John's basketball keeps me busy, especially during the wintertime. But, uh, no, it's going well. Yeah. It's a difficult time, especially to retire now because of COVID-19. You really can't enjoy retirement with traveling-wise. I'm sure you want to travel around the world. Yeah, well, I don't know about around the world. But around but, the country. <laughs> <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, you know, I do want to go, you know, some places, you know, some islands or, or something like that. Uh, but, you know, that's, you know, that's going to have to wait. You know, you, you have to be patient in these things. And, uh, you know, you know, what else can you do? Yeah, there really isn't much that you can do right now. But when COVID-19 hit us in the United States, how did that impact the fan right away? What were some adjustments that you guys had to make right away? Uh, well, the, the first thing is uh, when it impacted it, I, I think it was on a Thursday or a Friday. Mm-hmm. I worked, uh, well, first of all, I did the play-by-play of the um, half a game at, at Madison Square Garden, mm-hmm. and that's when college basketball was uh, completely shut down. That was St. John's and Creighton, and, uh, you know, after 20 minutes, uh, they called it off, and and I do remember, you know, that afternoon, early afternoon then, about 1 o'clock, I turned to the engineer and I said, well, I, I guess that's it. You know, and I don't, I said, I don't know the next time I'm going to see you, but, um, you know, whenever that is, you know, take care. And, and I left the garden, you know, got on the bus, uh, on the uh, train uh, to Jersey and, um, and, and worked the rest of the, that week. That was on a, a Wednesday. So I worked the Thursday and the Friday at FAN and then Monday I worked and, uh, that was March 16th of last year. And, uh, you know, a few weeks of working in the basement and uh, April 3rd rolled around. And, you know, that basically uh, was it. Yeah, and we're, we're still going through it today. But we've learned to go through the adjustment process and hopefully things start to get back to normal as soon as possible. But I want to start from the beginning of you going to, to Butler what was your choice in deciding to go there? Um, my father at the time was a, um, a television repairman uh, when there was a uh, need for such things. <laughs> uh, and, um, and I always, you know, from eight, nine, ten years old, you know, I always wanted to do this mm-hmm. and do play-by-play and, and, and things like that. And like, you know, any, any young person, you practice in front of the TV set in, in the and it was black and white then, uh, to see if, you know, I wanted to do it or whether I had, you know, anything could do it or anything like that. I'd listen to Marty Glickman, you know, do the football giants and, of course, Marv and Bill Mazur and, and others doing the basketball. And, uh, and I, 
you know, it, I think it started was back in the early '60s when the Giants played the Packers in a in a in the NFC Championship game at Yankee Stadium, mm. and the game was not, believe it or not, the game was the NFC champion NFL Championship game was not on television locally. I mean, wow. you literally had to listen to the radio. Yeah, and you know, I was up in my bedroom listening to uh, Marty Glickman. And I, and I said, you know what? I think I, I think I want to try and do that. And uh, so that that's when I first got the desire. And and like I said, my father fixed the television set um, in Norwood, New Jersey. There was an executive from NBC mm-hmm. that was there. And and um, my father said, I think my my son wants to do this, this, and this. Uh, should he go to Syracuse? Mm. And the person said no. A- and uh, my father said, "Well, uh, w- where should he go?" And he said, "Butler." And my mm. father said, "Where's Butler?" <laughs> <laughs> and he said, "Indianapolis, Indiana. They had a radio and television program. You would major in radio and television, and their radio station was." 37,000 watts wow. on the FM dial, and there was no syndication. It was all run by students. The whole thing. Classes, radio, you did the play-by-play, you traveled with the basketball team. Now, granted, Butler basketball was not like it is now. Then. Yeah. Uh, but there, it was a 37,000 watt FM. You could hear it in, in a matter of fact, in central Indiana, just about the entire area. And it was interesting because I always came up with the thing. I said, you know, you know, we're here for WAJC. We learn at the listener's expense. Yeah. And, and we all battled, you know, all our, our radio majors all battled for shifts and stuff. We, I mean, you know, we were running the sign up, you know, to go on the air mm-hmm. there. So that's, that's basically where it all started. And, um, you know, I got to do the games, and at the end of four years, uh, they placed me. They gave, uh, gave me a job. They they placed me uh, a job placement, and it started in WSAL in Wilkinsport, Indiana. So, if it's not for Butler, I wouldn't be anywhere. Yeah, that's that's for sure. And you you exceeded there. And in 1987, you started working at the fan. What was your journey there? Uh, well. You know, the, the career started at, at Logansport, and I thought, and Logansport is about, eh, about 45, 15 minutes away from West Lafayette, and I was doing high school games, lots of high school games. Yeah. And you got to remember, too, you know, uh, high school basketball and high school football is different out there than it is here. Yeah. I mean, you have, you know, radio stations, you know, competing for rights to do high school games. Yeah. You have high school gyms that are, Six, seven thousand people, and they're filled up on a Friday night, and 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 so I, you know, did a lot of those games. But I, I thought about well, not going to do anything. Um, I would have to get closer to a bigger city, and that doesn't mean get a job in the city. But uh, so I got, I took a job. Actually, it was you know demotion. I guess you could say I took a job in Plainfield, Indiana right outside of Indianapolis and 
parlayed that into a part-time job doing sports in Indianapolis, and and then from there he came to New York. Mm-hmm. Earned the nicknames Coach and Dean of Updates. What, what do those names mean to you? Well, Coach. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was the coach of the WFAN basketball team <laughs> back in back in the day, and um, you know, and, and I, as far as the dean is concerned, you know, I don't know about that, but that has something to do. I would think about its longevity, and you know, right up until now, I was at FAN. That you know, day one. In other words, I worked there when no one was. Yeah. And so, and so. Uh, I think that that's where that comes from. How did the station change overall since your time in the beginning there in 1987 all the way up to 2020 when you retired? Well, I mean, I've always, you know, first of all, you know, in some respects it didn't change a lot Mm -hmm. uh, because um, we, we have a ton of people. And I don't know what the number is. I wish I did know what the number was. Uh, of people that have been at FAN for double-digit years. Wow. And, you know, there, and there are a number of people that have been there for over 20 years. And um, and so, and a few that made it to 30. And, and I don't yeah. know how, but I'm one of those. <laughs> yes. But but I, I, I would say the, the biggest change in, in the 30 years was Imus. Because if it's not for Imus... There is no WFAN. Yeah, exactly right. Because the, the the first year when I worked there, I mean, it was it was it was difficult. Um, you know, we we no one had ever done this format twenty four seven, and 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 it was not doing well. I mean, it, we have to be honest here. And but when Imus came in the following year, uh, what he did was give us ratings in the morning which is basically what you need to survive as a radio station yep. is ratings in the morning. And he also brought in revenue to support the other uh, aspects of the radio station, i.e. Mike and the Mad Dog. Yep. So, so basically, Imus brought in the revenue so that they could try out Mike and the Mad Dog. And, you know, we had the same afternoon and morning drive team for 16 years and Mike and the Mad Dog went for 19 and Mike goes for well over 30 until you know just last year yeah just a legendary career so the big so the big change is when Imus left yeah. and um, and Boomer and Carton come in and you know we, we didn't miss a beat Obviously, that's pretty good. Yeah, it is. (laughs) What was interesting, I even had Chris Carlin on a few weeks ago. We were talking about it, just the impact of Imus. His show was so huge that he was on MSNBC, and you never see that for a major radio show. No, uh, he's he's the smartest person radio-wise that I've ever come across. Mm -hmm. I mean, he, he knew what to do. He knew he knew format. He knew, yeah, I got to do this here. I got to run this commercial here. You know, I got to take Minko and throw him out. <laughs> you know, we, 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 he he knew 
he he's the smartest person in radio that I've ever come across. Oh, for sure. I'd love to hear the first time that you met Mike actually at the fan because he's also a St. John's alum. Um, well, Mike was doing. Mike started uh, on the weekend uh, yep. doing a 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. show. So I didn't I didn't see much of him there uh, because in the very beginning I worked overnight. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, so, so we, we never came much contact, but then, uh, his, uh, rise was, was pretty quick. Uh, and be, he, be, uh, worked middays with Ed Coleman and, you know, and I started working middays, um, basically at the same time, getting off the overnight. And, and that's when, uh, you know, we, we got to know each other. Uh, it, the, the exact, you know, first time, you know, I, I don't, I don't remember that. I mean, mm-hmm. that's. <laughs> you always knew when you were going to be given the updates because you would always go, "Here's the Mick man." <laughs> yep, well, I knew that, but but we got to remember too in the beginning, back then, you know, he's with Ed Coleman, yep, and um, and then of course with, with uh, Chris Russo, yep. So 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 you know, it, 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 when he threw to me like that, that was basically after uh, uh, Chris had left, yeah. You're exactly right about that. And in 2008, I want to start getting back into the, the play-by-play for St. John's. That's when you became pl- the play-by-play announcer for St. John's on the radio. Yeah, and, and uh, picked up um, uh, four, uh, the, uh, the road game at uh, Creighton off a TV screen. But whenever that was, uh, that was my 400th game at St. John's. Mm-hmm. So it's... Uh, Obviously, been, been pretty good. You know, people at St. John's treat me well. They treat me very well. Yeah. And, uh, you know, all the coaches and, and, and the players that I've gotten to know and the administrators and things like that. Uh, you know, St. John's has been, um, let's put it this way St. John's makes me happy. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 it's, been, uh, it's been a tremendous relationship from my standpoint. You, I'm sure you've had the chance to meet Lou Carnesecca, and he is. One of the nicest people that you ever meet in your life. Oh yeah, I mean, there's um, yeah, there's no doubt about that. Uh, he has uh, he's had some life, you know, and and uh, you know, between the coaching and, and a lot of folks don't remember oh, some do uh, that that he coached in the ABA. Yep, the Nets. And he coached the New York, and and, and it was at the time that I was at Butler, oh, and uh, wow. the Indiana Pacers used to play at the Indiana State Fairgrounds Coliseum, which I would say is about an hour, a 45-minute walk from uh, from Butler. And I was young then and not allowed to have a car. Mm-hmm. So I used to walk from Butler, and you know, the, the seats were only like $5. <laughs> and, and you could walk from Butler all the way to the state fairgrounds I used to go by myself and sit upstairs, and I remember Rick Barry and and Coach Carnesecca, and of course uh, those old uh, Indiana Pacer teams, which um, you know became a, a pinup at that time. You also, when you started play by play, Norman Roberts was the coach at the time. Yes, Norm Roberts is the first coach that I uh, uh, was with at St. John's, and uh, you know, tr- tremendous to me. Uh, all the assistants, and uh, Mark Prado, who was the sports information director at the time, 
um, yeah, no, I I remember that. I mean, they welcomed me in. The the one thing that is consistent about all the coaches at, at St. John's, whether it be Norm Roberts, whether it be Steve Lavin, Chris Mullen, yep. or now Mike Anderson, so I've gone through uh, four of them, is that they've been um, nice enough to make me part of the team or make me feel like I'm part of the team. And I don't think that that happens in a lot of places. No, but, not at all. But it does at St. John's, and that's, that's been that's tremendous. I was surprised when Chris Mullen stepped down because his last season was pretty decent. Yeah, they had they had a good season. Yeah. I mean, you know, the NCAA tournament, and, and the first four is the NCAA tournament. Yep. But, but, uh, you know, and um, – but, you know uh, – something that uh, he chose to do and uh, you know and then Mike Anderson has come in and, and has done an excellent job as well yeah I thought they were going to go far this year and then a game that got me frustrated was the game against DePaul I had a bad feeling as soon as they lost that game I was like oh we're in for a rough ride now well um yeah uh, but, but it, it, had they had beaten Seton Hall in the um, in the Big East tournament um, you, you know, you you don't know. I mean, this has been a you know, it, it's a hard season to predict. Yeah. A, and um, and you know the way they've you know chosen teams and and things like that, it, you know, is it, totally different. And, and and figure this about you know, and I was thinking about this the other day. Uh, you look at the NCAA tournament, and usually, you know, it, it's hard to pick winners. It's hard to pick a champion. It's hard to pick a Final Four. It's hard to pick who's going to be in the championship game. But for whatever reason, not this year. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I mean, if you've got your bracket and you don't have Gonzaga and Baylor in the championship game, uh, <laughs> you better pick a lot of teams and a lot of games from below <laughs> in the early uh, rounds if you think you're going to come away with a win. Yeah. Be- because, you know... Uh, there are a lot of. I mean, you wouldn't be shocked. You can't be shocked by anything in, nope. in sports. But I, I would venture to guess that everyone would be surprised if, if Gonzaga didn't win. Yeah. And uh, because they clearly have the best team, they do. And usually, the best team wins. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. I mean, I- Texas, Texas, Texas did prove that if you play poorly, you can lose to anyone. Yeah, I I think Gonzaga but, should uh, win this year, though. I it, like you said, I I, it, I don't see Gonzaga going into the national championship game and scoring fifty three points. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, who's your favorite St. John's player of all time? Oh, uh, you know there there's several. I don't want to pick uh, you know just one, just, just one. Um, but. You know, there's there, there's some that uh, that you know I have that has as favorites, but uh, you know, the, you know, I, I I don't know, I I I don't want to pick one because there's so many, yeah. and they've all been good to me. You know, I mean, and that's why you know I would I would not single out anybody. You know, all the players, all the coaches, you know, they they and administrators, and uh, and the security people. Yep. You know, you know they've they've all been good to me. So I, I you know, I, I lump them together and say the politically correct thing, which is actually reality, yep. is they're all my favorite players. 
especially I, when they win. You know, I, I, I root for him as an announcer. I mean, it, it does not and should not come across on the air that I do that. But, you know, down deep below, you know, in my heart, I'm, you know, I'm rooting for these guys to win. Yep. What are your expectations for them next season? Well, it's hard to judge because you don't know what the roster's going to be. Yeah. You know, the, the, especially, the only prediction I'll make is for college basketball as a whole, this summer is going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be like no other, especially with the transfer rules. And, and if you can, you know, leave a program without uh, sitting out, or, you know, and all the people that are in, I mean, there are hundreds in trans, in, in the transfer protocol. So, you know, there, there are going to be schools that are going to basically, and a lot of people in the transfer protocol that can play, you know, you know, there, there, there'll be, there'll probably be a school out there that'll, you know, build an entire roster out of it. And, you know, I think one right away, you know, I don't, I don't know what, their high school players are, but you know, Indiana has lost like the entire roster, mm-hmm. and you know they better hurry up and hire a coach because they got they got to you know use that transfer protocol and convince kids to go to Indiana. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, St. John's has a, has some scholarships available. I think it's four. Um, so you think that they'll probably um, you know go in that direction as well. Every school is. You know, I think Seton Hall just picked up their point guard, um, you know, via the uh, or least backcourt depth yep. via the uh, transfer route. Yeah. Something that's hilarious is when you hear Joe Beningo say that you taught him how to read on a third grade level. And I think I'd love to hear that story of you teaching him how to read on that level and some advice that you can give to the hosts and news updaters up here at the station because that would be very beneficial to them and what you did in your career over the years. Well, you know, I, I think, first of all, you know, giving advice is, is something that, you know, um, is something in one, one form I don't like to do. Mm-hmm. And, but, but as far as, you know, actually performing the job, you know, no, I'll, I'll do, I'll do that anytime. But, but, and in other words, this is what I think, you know, when someone says to me, says, well, you know, what should I do? How should, could I, you know, you know, uh, get to uh, where I want to be and things like that. When I was young, a long time ago, this is my 50th year in broadcast. Wow. Congratulations. And, And I count, and I count four years at Butler basically because it was a legitimate radio station it was 37,000 watts on the FM and I didn't say before 37,000 watts on the FM it was at 104.5 it was on the commercial band we didn't sell any commercials Mm -hmm. but but it was on the commercial band but 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 from the um, the progress from there and because I don't know what to tell someone that that young because you know, I went from Butler to, you know, Logansport, Indiana, a town of about 20,000. When I used to look out my uh, bedroom window and I saw cornfields and I said, well, and, and then, uh, you know, worked in Plainfield, which was close to Indianapolis. So that was, you know, more of a suburb. Yeah. Uh, 
you know, so I don't know what to tell, tell, you know, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, say, say, well, I think you need to, to leave New York and, and go to Poughkeepsie or go to Albany or go to, you know, some small town because I don't think, you know, kids are doing it that, doing that now. Yeah. And, and one of the reasons why they're not doing it is a, because jobs are not available because back when I was young, um, these local radio stations, there was no syndication. No, uh, there, you were you ran music because the you know FM was basically to start. So you ran music on the AM dial for the most part, and it was all live. Uh, you probably we in Wilkinsport we signed off at, at midnight, and then we were back on the air at six. So we didn't have anybody overnight. Mm-hmm. I mean, the town of 23,000, you know, there's not that many people up, <laughs> shouldn't be, that are, that are up overnight that are going to listen to radio stations. Yeah. When, when you get stations from Chicago booming in at, at, that, at that time. So, you know, I don't, I don't know what to tell, you know, somebody about that. The only thing to tell and the piece of advice that I give is something that when I was very young, mm-hmm. like a freshman at at, um, at Butler, uh, I, I did an interview with Howard Cosell. Oh wow! And uh, it was the first you know I was what, nineteen. Mm-hmm. It was the first interview that I had ever done, and and it was at some convention type thing in Indianapolis, and I found out about it, and I just drove down with my tape recorder and got online with the, the, these other people uh, that were Indianapolis sportscasters and. But after the interview was over, uh, I, I asked something about, you know, what, you know, sh- should I do, mm-hmm. you know, as far as moving up or, or getting jobs? You know, this is three years before I graduate. Yeah. And all all the thing, all the, the only thing he told me was, if you're good, there's a job for you. That's it. Mm. He says, you go to school and you get, you work and go through reps. You have to go through reps to make yourself the best that you can do and be. He says, and, and if, you know, if you're good, you won't have to worry about not getting a job. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what he told me. And then Howard Cosell was right because you did. Had a long run at the fan, thirty-three years. Is there any memorable moments that you've had there? What are some of the most memorable moments at uh, at FAN? Yes. Uh, you know, I mean, I've met so many people, but you, but you got to you have to remember, and 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 someone will say, "Well, I say you, you're putting yourself down, or, or or something like that." And I and I've always you know thought you know. I, I try to, you know, be realistic about everything. I was just an accessory there. I mean, and it's true. It wasn't Mike and the Mad Dog and me. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I, you know, I was what I was there because I've worked. Obviously, FAN is a very successful radio station and has been for thirty-two of the thirty-three years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you don't want to know about the first year. Yeah, <laughs> and thirty-two out of the uh, out of the out of the thirty-three years, and you know, some of the radio stations I've worked for, you know, whether it be in Indianapolis or Logansport or whatever, 
you know, they were not exactly, you know, winning winning radio stations. So I know how it is, you know, to work at a, a station that's, you know, near the bottom of the of the of the ratings. Yeah. If, so I've always thought of myself as being a utility player on a good team. And, you know, a utility player on the Yankees when they were winning championships every year. Yeah. You know, that type of player, somebody that could do a lot of things. And, and I've done, you know, luckily, almost, uh, I'd say about 98% of the shifts at FAN. I mean, I've done morning drive yeah. as a host. It may only be three weeks, but it, but it is what it is. That's what somebody said to me one day. And so you know, and I and I and I've worked every shift as an as an update person. Yep. And with the exception of a football show or a baseball show or something like that, you know, I've hosted at one time. You know, every shift there too. So and, and wrote the news for Imus the first day that he was on the air. You know, I've uh, so so from that standpoint. I've always considered myself a utility player, you know, someone that was on a good team. And I, I think that's the mark that, you know, that I want to be remembered for. I can guarantee that you're missed there. I can guarantee it because I, when I had Steve Summers on my show, he said, when you, if you ever get the chance to speak to John Minko down there at St. John's, tell him that we all miss him. Yeah, well, I miss being there too. I mean, you figure this, you know, I worked, what, 10 years in Indianapolis and, you know, a couple of years in Logansport and a couple of years in Plainfield. Uh, but how in the world can you spend 32 years, nine months and three days, and I'm going to say I don't miss it? Yeah. I, I mean, that said, <laughs> you know, it, it, you know, um, I've been fortunate, you know, do a lot of games and, and, and a lot of you know, do a lot of things and meet a lot of people and things like that. But, uh, but, but as Chris Russo would say, well, let's be honest here. Yeah. <laughs> w- WFAN is my professional and has been my professional life. It has been. And you've, you've played a part in people's lives listening to the radio, especially me at a young age. I remember you doing the updates. <laughs> and now, yeah. from, now from calling the St. John's games, of course. Yeah, no, and I, you know, I love that. And you know what? I mean, you know, doing the, you see, here's a, uh, the other thing, you know, and the folks at, at St. John's, you know, get to do the St. John's games, you know, on, on the student station. I got to do the Butler games yep. on, on the student station. Um, and we, we were not on commercial radio then. Like, like I said earlier in the, in the chat, Butler basketball uh, was not then as it is now. No, you know we we weren't going to any national championships or <laughs> anything like that. We were you, uh, is, uh, you know, and and the field house, which is which is the greatest. You know, only we only we would get if we got three thousand people for a game. That was a lot, mm-hmm. and that sat fifteen thousand at that time. And, uh, and but 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 you know what though? You know, I I always wanted to do have a job in which all I did was play by play and it took basically 49 years but now I have it yeah and uh, so that's 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 pretty good yeah. 
and you're the perfect fit for the voice of St. John's basketball. John Minko, is there anything else you would love to tell the audience here? Anything, anything, any last words? Well, you know what? The first thing is uh, if you get a chance to get the vaccine, make sure you get it. Oh, yes. Yes, 100%. And, 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 yeah. And, and the second thing, testing and, you know, being at St. John's and FAM and going to the garden, uh, I get tested quite a bit. Testing is a good thing. Yep. It is uh, not a bad thing. It is uh, a good thing. And and the swab up your nose is not that bad. <laughs> it's better than... I don't want, I don't as, want to hear it. <laughs> it's not as bad as the virus. <laughs> but but you know what? Sports has changed and, and things like that. And, it, and you know, for some, it's, it's difficult. You know, I, I, sometimes I do have trouble. I wouldn't say trouble. But, but it, it, it's different watching games on television when there's nobody there. Yeah. And, and that you know that the, uh, the crowd noise is fake and, and, and things like that. And I, I know that sports has changed here in the last whatever you want to put in there years-wise, that sports has changed more to, you know, like TV shows. You know, there's there's and things like that as opposed to just doing the game. That, that's the one thing that I would give advice to is make sure that when you do a game, it's not about you. Yep. Just do the game. Tell the, tell the people who has the ball and do the best job you can do to tell them what he does with it. And, and and give the time and score and, and don't make it about you, you know. And th- that's the one thing. The, the, if there's a mentor that I've had, it's Don Fisher, who who does play by play for Indiana. He's done it now for I think 47, 48 years. Mm-hmm. And he was my boss when I worked at the radio station WIRE in Indianapolis, and so. And that's the one thing. I mean, he taught me how to make charts and things like that and and how to, you know, a, a philosophy about doing games and things like that. But the main thing, and we were the IU station at that time, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, well, because my bet station doesn't exist. But, um, but, but he basically told me, he says, it's not about you. Don't develop any personality on the air. Do the game. Yep. That's it. You know, tell them what's going on. Tell them how many fouls they got, how many points he's got. Tell the score. <laughs> and, and and that's it. You know, don't make it about you. Don't make anything about you. And, you know, I tried, you know, I did that at FAN, hopefully. And, you know, hopefully I bring that type of personality, you know, to, to St. John's. That it's, that's not about me. You want to hear the game. Somebody that watches every single game, that knows everybody, and things like that. And hopefully that's the reason why they listen. Yep. Well said. Well said, John Minko. I want to thank you for coming on the show for an interview today. You're well-loved up here at St. John's. Thank you for all that you do for the basketball program. Well, thanks, Max. And uh, looking forward to uh, you know another season coming up in, well, Whenever they decide to start. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, 
hopefully it's in November. I hope so too. And, uh, <laughs> whenever they decide to start, you know, and uh, you know, it's great being on with you, and you know, and and, and you know, good luck to you know everybody at St. John's, and you know, I, I always you know try to meet everybody that does the student, you know, and help them out. I help them out, you know, as as, as best I can. But but that's the biggest advice: make sure it's not about you. Yeah. And and if you do that, you know what? I I, I think that. You know, and what Howard Cosell told me, you know, I, I think you'll be all right. Well said. John Mick, I want you to take care and stay safe. We look forward to having you call the games next year, and hopefully we go further in the tournaments. <laughs> yep. Well, I'm looking forward. You know what? It, it's odd, you know, and I've watched, uh, now that I'm retired, you know, I, 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 I watch all these NCAA games. Yeah. <laughs> even, the, even, the, even the NIT. Yeah. <laughs> And it makes you say, I said, gosh, December's a long time. Yeah. I said, I have to go through the entire summer before I do a game again. <laughs> and the answer is, hopefully December will go quick. <laughs> oh, I hope so, too. John Mico, I want you to take care and stay safe, all right? Okay, no, thanks a lot, Mac. Yes, John Mico, take care.